Hey guys, Walter Fetchick here to tell you that Unicorn.com may be the world's premier esports betting site, but they're also your best bet for keeping up with all the esports you love. With their site's newest update, they've reinvented their Live Now system and created a TV guide style layout to find out when your favorite teams will be playing next. And if that isn't simple enough, they've even added a search bar to help filter it down even further. And you know, even if you aren't a gambling fan, Unicorn's newest update is a must-have for any esports fan. And you might even discover your favorite new writer in their news section. We've got my man Drowling with some excellent CSGO content, and you can find some fantastic articles from my lovely co-host, Chase Wassner, as well. So check out the new layout at Unicorn.com, because there are a few places where you can stay up to date on all your favorite esports, and Unicorn can help. Unicorn.com. Welcome to the new e-sportsbook. Hello, Internet. This is Chase Redshirt King Wassenaar, and welcome to week four of the NALCS Guess the Lines podcast. It is indeed week four. We had a very fun week of games last week. Uh, my favorite team is right now sitting atop the North American standings, and I'm loving every second of it. Uh, uh, there, but there are a lot of, of great teams uh, that, are, that have you know really come to the forefront. Teams that we were afraid might fall off are sticking around for the most part, and we have this very interesting battle um, in, in the 3-3 three and three spot, uh, the middle of the pack still trying to figure itself out. So a lot of fun storylines, and I can't think of anyone I'd rather break down all of them with me than my good friend and co-host, Walter Sadie Svechak. Walter, how you doing, man? You know, it's fine. Just like death and taxes, it is almost assured that Echo Fox will eventually flame out sometime between week five and six, and then they'll just kind of be hovering on the edge of, oh, well, maybe if, you know, everything goes right and the sun lines with Venus and it creates this really weird U-shape, then Echo Fox will make the playoffs. That's that's very obvious where uh, where North America is going for it, and just and just nothing makes me happier than watching Cloud Nine versus FlyQuest because yeah. it's just watching two things that you hate. It's watching both your enemies sort of beat the crap out of each other, and like yeah, I wish FlyQuest had won because that would be better because then they would be tied at you know two and four or whatever, and then they'd be like, oh, which team is gonna make it? Um, but, you know, anytime you get to see a team that you dislike greatly go down in, in spectacular fashion, it's always very, very fun. So it was a good week. It was a good week for me. I'll put it that way. I mean, I, I think that's fair. I, I, there's only one team in, in this league that I, I actively dislike at this point, and I think we've made our feelings on that particular team known. And I will say, if nothing else... Um, Liquid fans deserve all of the respect in the world. I keep seeing them on Twitter uh, and on social media in general on Reddit. Uh, they are they are loud and proud to be part of uh, a team. Kind of, I, I, I'm putting them now kind of in the same category I put in Knicks fans who are hearing about you know these Porzingis trades being rumored. It's like, man, like it's this weird. is this is a guy like, who doesn't know what he's doing. Didn't I call Steve Aronson James Dolan? I don't know. That feels <laughs> super weird to me, man. 
man. Shout out, shout, pour one out for Knicks fans, Adele Schwedger, if you're listening to this. I'm sorry, man. You deserve better. You, you and Liquid fans, you all deserve better. Just but, give them to Boston for a pack for a for a box of Dunkin' Donuts. That's all I gotta do. Just give them to Boston for a 12 pack. It's great. Okay. Dunkin' Donuts is fantastic. Dunkin' Donuts is really good. You know who else is really good, Walter? Whoever your up is for this week. I think there are a lot of different options, opportunities to pick your team. Which one did you go with? Um, I'm, I'm going to go Immortals. Yeah! Uh, I'm going to go Immortals. They took care of business against the team that shall not be named and the team that should trade in their horse for a box of Dunkin' Donuts. And, <laughs> uh, and they looked good against Cloud9. They rolled with the punches. I still think they're try- they're really trying to figure out their their identity. I think that they have some ideas about which way they want to go. I think they're still adjusting to okay, Poe Belter and Cody Sung and Flame can all go off at different moments. Now let's try and get it more consistently of which, you know, who is going to be our steadfast reliable guy that, you know, if we need to make a play at the end of the game, who that guy is going to be. I think Smithy and Ale have played off of each other very well. Smithy is more he he feels more cold, like ice cold, very calculated. I'm making this play where Ale is explosive. He's the one that's just I'm just gonna throw this hook out and hope it grabs someone, or I'm just gonna flash in here and do this thing, or you know, etc. 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 So they're a fun team to watch because they just feel like the perfect plate of food, mm. and and it's just missing that one last like seasoning touch. That one little tie-in, like I've been watching a lot of Chopped, so it's missing that one tie-in ingredient that makes all the components of the plate all come together. Because like the meat and like the potatoes are really good, but like the green beans don't really go with the meat. But the green beans do go really well with the potatoes. But then the potatoes doesn't go with like the quinoa corn salad or you know whatever. So <laughs> I'm just waiting for that last like pinch of salt on top, and then this team is gonna look really good. And it's surprising because we've been saying this about Immortals since they became a team and it just seems weird that with these cast-offs hmm. this is the team that might actually be the most successful team and they really feel a lot like that summer CLG team they're just missing that like that that steadfast president's like he's uh, like Afrobo like I've always been here type thing so it's just yeah, well. it's very fun to watch you would think Poe Belter would be that veteran who's always been there. He's been on this team for forever. He was a CLG guy. He and X Smithy were both former CLG. There's a lot to be said about those synergies coming together. I do think that's paying off. I think the two know how to bounce off each other very well. And you can see how much more naturally that mid lane is going. I mean, you know it was going to be my 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 up for the week. I got to watch Flame go 6-0-8 on Jarvin this week. I had a great time. It was It was awesome to see him... You know, in the right situation, when he's put on a, a champion which he can get that lane lead, um, he plays very well with a lead. Um, not so well when uh, he goes up against the Kled that kind of start, you know, if they gank him early on, that's a focus that yeah. I think we're going to have to see how Immortals reacts to that. I think more teams are going to try to kind of focus on, on Flame because I think he is probably the weakest of the three lanes in order to attack early. But when he gets ahead, he's golden. And Cody Sun is my favorite success story to talk about in the league right now because he's a guy that everyone wanted to write off. Everyone was willing to say, like, he's a complete bust. Why is he even in the LCS? And he's just, taken just his game t- time out. forward. Including you. No, yeah, no. Like, week three, I, we were writing every, him off. We were writing him off. Every week, I said he is very young. I consistently brought up 
he is way too young for us to be saying absolutes. Okay, okay, I okay. was not high okay. on him. I will admit that. Okay. I was ready to say, like, this is he's not there yet. But he is a young guy, and I thought, you know, I think this is just proof that maybe when it comes to young talent, we need to be more patient. You know, instead of, say, subbing out your mid laner after a single series and then throwing in another mid laner that has no upside or whatever else, maybe you ride it out with the players that you actually believe in. I just don't know in. who you're talking about. Yeah, who would know? It's uh, bad. I, I feel I feel badly because the fans are, like I said, you guys are great, and we're just kind of trashing your team. At some point... But... You have to say no and leave an abusive relationship. <laughs> at, at some point, you have to have your enough is enough moment. And while I do feel bad for them, I feel like we've presented them with enough evidence and given them enough times to like, I'm right outside. Like, just jump out the door. I got my car. Like, you can, you can come with me. And uh, like, they could have jumped ship back with Double Lift back to TSM. Like, that was the openest invitation ever. It's like, yeah, you guys got to see Double Lift on your team for a couple weeks. How would you like to see him on your team every week? And then they didn't want to jump ship. So, like, I feel bad for them. I hate that I say all these terrible things about their team. But at some point, it's it started to become a little self-inflicted, guys. Like, you can say no. Well, you, can you know, shout out to, uh, to Liquid fans not joining the Evil Empire. But I will say, I think it's safe to say this uh, PSA was paid by Steve. So let's move forward to the downs of the week. The, the, the memeing had to happen. It was only a My doubt for the week is Chase Wassner for engaging <laughs> in, in memeing on this podcast with a meme that I am so disgusted by that people from Riot are embracing and that the person in question is embracing themselves. Uh, no, my actual down of the week is Lemon Nation. I'm going to call Ooh. him out. Um, the dude looks awful. He is really, really bad at League of Legends. Like... I, I, that's all I can say. Like, every time I'm watching him play, it's just he's out of position. He gets caught. I, if, if, I wish I had counted the number of times that I saw him get hooked by Blitzcrank this week as Zyra. Like, the amount of times that he's just like, I'm a Zyra, I'm standing here, I'm dead now. Like, dude, it's not old Zyra passive anymore. You don't get to shoot out, like, that 100 damage line nuke anymore. Like, that, that that's not how the champion works. Um, It just goes to show, like, FlyQuest, I think that you know, their, their support and their top laner are just past their prime. Um, Balls, I feel, is just kind of hanging on by a thread. Like, I think he's playing tanky champion, so he doesn't just get instigated like that. But really, this week, Lemon Nation's mechanical perfect, like, lack of mechanics and lack of just knowing where to be really stood out for me. And it was, it was glaringly, it was, like, glaringly awful. Like, it was Keith missing point-blank Ash Arrows awful it was watching Koscu play league of legends awful and and that should be like a statement that's not uttered by a lot of people but like that's how much watching those games lemon nation dying stood out to me yeah and so. if we wanted to give him any benefit of the doubt he was going up against aframu and smoothie who i think are two of the three best supports in north america but on the other end of it uh lemon nation 2.2 KDA, that is the worst among all supports. 62.6% uh, kill participation, that is the third lowest among all supports. Uh, his uh, wards per minute, 1.29, that is the second worst of all supports. Only Gate has placed fewer. Funnily enough, leading all supports in damage with 323 damage per minute 
That is 16.2% of FlyQuest damage, which tells me the rest of FlyQuest ain't doing enough damage. That is a problem when your support is 16.2%. But he's playing a lot of Zyra. And Zyra is yeah. a super heavy, like, Zyra is a really heavy damage champion. So it but, does make sense that he has a higher damage number because he's really playing a lot of Zyra. Yeah, which A, kind of speaks to his limited champion pool at this point. But B, 16.2% though? I don't, I don't, Zyra is a champion that does damage. But 16.2%, that's rivaling a lot of junglers in certain compositions. Like, that's... That could be, there are top laners that do 16.2% of team damage. You you need to be doing more than that. And I think FlyQuest damage per minute numbers as a whole, uh, when you look at their damage per minute compared to other positions, I think they're below average basically across the board. And that's something where you have to just look at where are they allocating their gold? Who's the one who's making these initiations? Where, you know, what what is their ultimate strategy for pulling this off? Because right now, high is your guy. That's the one thing that it's has become clear is that High is the one you need to be playing through. And oh, by the way, uh, High has died 51 times in 14 games, uh, which is the second. It, it is the most per game of any mid laner in North America. So that when your most reliable carry is the least reliable mid laner in terms of just staying alive in fights and getting what you need done in a team fight. I have concerns. I'm going to call it concerns. Um, and I think they're 1 in 5 for a reason here. But you know what? We're not 1 in 5, Walter. We, in fact, uh, are 5 in 5 on the course of the season. We didn't have a great week last week. We had Immortals plus 155 over Cloud9. That was great. Uh, we had Echo Fox over Dignitas. That was a good bet. It didn't quite work out, but that was, I mean, it went to three games. That's all we can ask for. It was, it was certainly in play. I think the value was there. Uh, Envious uh, versus TSM at plus 110. Envious did for not hold maps. up. For three maps, yeah. That, it was a 2-0 uh, by TSM. They did not hold up. Uh, Envious did not hold up the way we but were to be expecting fair, them to That was week. the first time that TSM looked like TSM. Yeah, no, and I... I I, I think Envious has some other problems that we'll need to get into later on. But let's start week four. Immortals versus CLG. This is a team... You know, we've already talked about Immortals and what we love about them, but CLG are also taking wins together. They're winning these series, but it's been, I think, more of a roller coaster, I think it's safe to say, than it has been with Immortals or, or even with Team Dignitas to a lesser extent. What what are you seeing in, in CLG that's kind of keeping them away from being the consistent team, from getting a 2-0, uh, which they have yet to do this season? So, what's what's keeping them from that? So I see them securing game one. It's very, very tempered. It's very, you know, Dardock is being aggressive. But I think this is the thing about Dardock. I don't know if it's necessarily CLG, but just going back and, like, thinking about how he was on Team Liquid, thinking about how he was in Immortals, after he secures game ones... He gets a little bit more reckless, and I don't know if it's because he's just arrogant. Like, oh, we won game one, I got two chances to win, like, no big deal. Or the other way is that he's trying to further test himself, further test his skills. If he's almost using that second game, like, scrims. And for me, CLG as a whole feels like they're doing that in game twos. That they are trying to test the limits of what they're able to do because they do know our tried and true strategy, what we're what we are able to do, what we do in game one, we can go back to that. But in order to beat 
the best teams, you have to find where your limits are and you have to be able to push yourself. And the more experience you can get when you're kind of on those edges where you are pushing yourself, where you're trying to go 115%, the more experience you get out there, the better because that's going to make you smarter and that's slowly going to drag your, you know, we're going 100% full out. It draws your abilities and your decision makings, you know, further along. It makes you a better player if you can learn what your limits are. Um, it does look bad on paper when CLG is like, we crush game one, we get, you know, we lose in game two and we win in game three. And it's a little bit, you know, game three is a little bit closer, but I think that's just, when you play two games in a row against an opponent, the third game, you're starting to pick up on some of the tendencies and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So this isn't a worrying trend for me towards CLG because TSM did the last, the same exact thing in the spring. They went, you know, three games, like, every single series until it was, like, week six or something against Echo Fox where they finally 2-0'd someone. Or maybe it was Envious. Like, they finally 2-0'd someone. And it was like, oh, yeah, like, okay, yeah, TSM can 2-0 someone. Uh, it's good for us because we can just keep taking three maps for CLG and just keep raking in money that way. Um, yeah. I, I would say it would be worrying if I was seeing them in game three do the same things they're doing in game two. But it does seem that they go, game one is very, this is CLG's play pattern. This is what Zixlow is planning. Very strong game plan. Game two is, okay, let's push that game plan to the edge. Or let's push whatever game plan we came up, you know, whatever secondary strategy we came up to, to the edge. And then game three is some sort of happy medium between the two of them. Because in game three, Stardock still gets caught out, has some funky engages, you know, stuff. But it's more center it's like 50 50 or 75 25 or, or something like that so it'd be worrying if they were making the same mistakes that they made in game twos and game threes consistently yeah i mean i i think that's fair uh my counter argument as an immortals fan uh, i watched dardock last play he was on and off for that team as well and it was not because Immortals was trying to, to feel things out because this was happening even when every series was a must-win for them. Uh, I, I think that some of this is just Dardock by nature. He is a player who thrives on having those individual outplays. He's very confident in himself and his abilities, and he should be. That's one of the things that makes him such a great jungler when it's working is he's so decisive. He's so, you know, you know ready to commit to uh, his roams and, and really getting uh, his teammates ahead. But when that backfires... Um, it, it does have this kind of cascade effect. And one of the things that we saw about CLG last split was that they have had a high death count, right? They're, they had, they died more often than they got kills, even when they were kind of middle of the pack, even you know above average in the standings by the end of the season. Um, they really had very bloody games. And I think that when they don't have... They're, they're very good at closing out with a lead cleanly. When they don't have a lead, it's a lot sloppier. They get in the mud... Um, they drag people down with them. Uh, and the good news is that they're talented enough across the board that you can you can get away with that. Stixa is great. Aphromoo looks like his former self, which is awesome mm -hmm. to see. Um, you know, I, I don't say this as some condemnation. <sighs> Aphromoo Blitzcrank is such a throwback. Hallelujah. Like, I really don't think... Like, that. that's the... If they don't know, this is too... They're, they're too young for you, meme. Like, that is... That's what Aphromoo made his, like, name on way back in like season two and when he first became a support when he was playing it in solo queue like he's he was the blitzcrank god of north america uh to be fair the first blitzcrank god of north america was actually double lift in season one when he was a support that's true the more you know uh do, but no do, like do, do. uh aframu blitzcrank just makes me happy in a way that like him playing thresh doesn't yeah 
it's the only uh, the only thing I love more than his uh, his Blitzcrank is his Alistar because then we get to call it the Afro Moo, and it's wonderful. And I, I I'm a very simple man. I see Afro Moo memes and I upvote. Immortals versus CLG. What do you think the line is? Uh, I have CLG minus one fifty five. Okay, I get this one. Because I said CLG minus 150. CLG minus 125. That's Immortals as an underdog at minus 105. That's three maps at minus 105. Because guess what? The casinos have noticed the same thing we have, which is that against anyone other than Liquid, CLG goes to three games. Uh, and, and this is a team that I, I think this is going to be a battle. Uh, I Honestly, I don't want to bet on either side. I'm just looking forward to watching this as a fan. I think this is going to be a very fun series. I'm preparing to be very sports entertained, uh, regardless of how it goes down. Um, I, th I think three maps still has enough value. Maybe I want to come back to that. But let's see where the other lines take Maybe. us. Um, Echo Fox versus Phoenix One. C can we just talk about Mike Young for a second? I really want to talk about Mike Young. He's fun. This is yes. fun, isn't it? really good at League of Legends. Yeah. I... If I'm Phoenix One, I cut Inori and Medios loose. I... The the odds of you guys making the playoffs of this way are are low. You're not mm. getting relegated. Go with the young kid. Go with the youngster. Go with the 17-year-old. Ride him, especially in the jungle. You need to gain experience. You need to learn what it's like to play against these players you need to get reps on the stage where you're sh doing shot calling where you're fighting all of these team fights i don't want to see an Ori or medios at all for this team again and i think uh i think mike young showed a ton of progress and even game to game it showed he was adapting he was learning the first game it felt like he was just pure mechanics adrenaline high i'm doing all of this but they played three or they played two three map series and they were close games it's not like they were getting blown out, and most of it had to do with Mike Young. I think a special coming in was also a huge plus for them too. He looked good with, with Arrow. Special again is you know he's been he's a veteran guy. He's not going to be someone that's going to be super super flashy and making all these plays, but he's consistent, which is something that Phoenix One has not had in their support since Adrian left halfway through the spring split. So I like these changes. I don't want to see them go back to stunt. Uh, Shady or whoever their support is I want it to be special and I want to see what the young jungler can do so Phoenix One keep playing Mike Young let Inori and Medios go off and do whatever Yeah, this is one of trades were a thing that actually happened in the LCS outside of when friends needed to bail out their, their friends from being in a relegation series um, this would be you know I, I would say Inori would be a great trade target I think he's a change of scenery guy I, I think he had a lot of potential last split. He had a lot of solid games. Even this, you know, this split, he has been better performance-wise than than Minios by a significant margin, and and Ryu and Zig as as well. I, I think have really struggled. I um, mean, I think it's very easy as a jungler if your solo laners are struggling, um, your struggles look that much worse. I think that Inori is a talented player. I think the problem with a guy like Inori is that he is you know someone that we have had described in the past as an emotional player someone who is very emotionally invested in these things he can get worked up he can get down on himself uh, and there's nothing wrong with that right we've seen players like matt for instance succeed uh, in, in certain ways with that but when that confidence is lost it's very hard to get back and inori right now has been 
on, on a team that is not doing very well, and I think he's gotten a lot of the blame for that, right or wrong. And certainly, he hasn't played very well this split, but, I mean, I, I think there's potential there. I just don't think that feature is going to be on Phoenix 1, because I think Mike Young has way more potential here. Yes. Uh, right now, uh, among all junglers, he has a four-point at KDA. That puts him at second. Um, even if you adjust for things like sample size, he's been incredibly impressive. He's 25 kills in just five games. That that is insane. That's pretty much absurd. There's I don't think there's anyone in in North America right now that's coming close to that. Um, his 78.5% uh, kill participation. This guy's just been at the center of all of it. And to put that on a guy who is so young. Uh, in his first series, and to have that be by far the best that they've looked, I mean, that's what you got to ride in. That's where the future is. That's where the value is. Um, Inori, I, I hope you bounce back in another team. I hope you find a place. Enjoy Academy. Oh, I think that'd be great. I, I think he could he could use a confidence boost from going back to that kind of situation. I think that would be valuable for him. Uh, where do you think the line is here, Walter? Uh, I think that the line is Echo Fox at minus 160. Okay, you get this one by a whole three points. Congratulations. I had Echo Fox minus 180. It's right between us, but slightly closer to you at Echo Fox minus 167. That puts Phoenix 1 at plus 125. I think all of those are fair, and I don't see any value to be had. I, uh, I concur. I don't see any value with this at all. Yeah. So let's move forward to Saturday's games. First up, TSM versus FlyQuest. We've already talked about FlyQuest. We don't have a lot of, of positive things to say about FlyQuest. You, you mentioned TSM. They look back to their former selves. Wh what did you see that was the difference maker for them? I saw Sven Skaren and Bjergsen outdueling opposing mid lane. I outdueling Pyrian and Lyra. That's really what I saw, was that the early game pressure was there. The smart rotational play. The, okay, we're going to roam and dive towers. We're going to pick pushing lanes. We're going to do these things. We are going to be the aggressors. And that is what I think that TSM has been missing. And even missed in the spring is they need to be the aggressors. They need to be the ones engaging. They need to be the playmakers. In all honesty, they need to play like the unicorns of love. They need to be the skirmishers. They need to be causing all of these fights to happen around Rift Herald, around Dragon, around Baron, around Tower, you know, bot lane outer tower, around mid lane inner tower. TSM is at their best when they are pushing the putting the pressure on the enemy team. And why that is, is because they have four of you know, the four players that they have, minus Stenskaren, are top three in their position. And I think there are very few teams in North America where you look at the talent distribution across from top, bottom to mid and go, holy crap, there are so many playmakers on this team. And even though Spence Karen has been playing like crap, he is a playmaker. He is not afraid to go for the big kick or the flash cocoon or the big Ivern player or whatever. And this is five guys when you could put the pressure on the enemy team to react to that, to react to it can come that this play can come from any one of these five guys. It's a lot of pressure, and I don't think very many teams can hold up to it. And that's what I saw against Envious. That's what I saw in game two against Team Liquid with TSM going, all right, put up or shut up. You know, come at me. I'm the champ. I'm the one with the belt. Come at me because I'm going to come at you. And they punked everybody. Those three games, they punked the other teams because they couldn't match up against TSM. So I'm excited. I want to see more of the Sven Skara and Bjergsen synergy 
sort of reemerge and them stop being afraid. Because like I said, that very first series against Cloud9 in the spring, where Jensen in game one played the Fizz, and Spence Karen kept trying to attack him, and he just playful trickstered away, that I think really shook that, that core foundation that TSM had in the mid lane. So I like it. I can see it continuing against FlyQuest, but Moon and High is uh, it's a very tough kind of you know dual situation. I mean, I, I do want to say uh, Moon and High, I, I think, will be an, an interesting, you know, battle for them. Yep. I think the good news for TSM is that they have Haunter versus Balls, and I think we know how that goes. And they have and Biolift, Biolift versus Wild Turtle Elimination. Yeah, that, that, these seem like concerns. Uh, you know what else I think is helping TSM? Uh, they're not picking Galio mid anymore. It's amazing how if you put your best player on a champion in which he can carry... It, it tends to go well. And I Weird. don't care what Blitz Esports... I don't care that you put out an eight-minute video that I watched today about why they're picking it. Fine, if the problem is the team doesn't understand how to play it, don't pick the champion! Don't it's, do that! If, if it's, it's clear that concept. you don't understand how to play around it and you don't understand the nuances, like, yes, as an analyst, it's very easy for us to sit back and go, well, this is what they're supposed to do. That's 100% correct. But if the team doesn't make it work, stop doing it yes the Just definition stop. of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again yes. and expecting a different result so yes i will blame parth because he as a coach needs to be smart enough to go huh my team can't run a 2-3 zone defense i should probably stop playing a 2-3 zone defense that's would, the equivalent here you would think where, where do you think the line is here Walter? uh i have tsm at minus 350 Okay, you got this one. I went of too low. I get this one. one of the rare rare moments in which I went too low on a line uh, compared to you. I said TSM minus three hundred. It is TSM minus three seventy. That's FlyQuest at plus two sixty. I have no problem with either of those lines. I think that's fine. Uh, three maps is plus one twenty five. I don't have faith in FlyQuest getting a map here. I don't unless Hyde plays Oriana and TSM just walks into Oriana Shockwaves because that's what Oriana does as a champion is I'm going to put the ball here and everyone's going to forget it's there and boom! And that dark star skin, I hate with passion. I hate um, that skin. I dig it. It's, uh, it looks it, cool, I just hate watching it. It's. I think that is entirely reasonable. Uh, CLG versus Envious. Envious is a team I... I, I might have done as a down on, on a different week. Okay. I I was underwhelmed with how they performed this week. Getting 2-0'd by Echo Fox is not a great look for a team that at one point was, you know, last week was 3-1, and one, and we were talking all these great things about how, you know, they, they looked so much sharper. Uh, we were seeing, you know, Pyrian was this huge upgrade that was making everything else run more cleanly. I mean, what happened here? Is this a... You know, there was bad matchups, and, and we should, you know, not read too much into it, or is this uh, some deeper problems being expressed? I, I think it was just an off week for them. In all honesty, the middle of the table of North America, so the Echo Foxes, the Enviouses, the FlyQuests, um, I, I would even say the Dignitases. Like, I think Dignitas and Cloud9, in all honesty, should be swapped, like, in terms of our expectations, but those mm -hmm. kind of three, four teams... It just really shows up of how well they hide their weaknesses in a week or how much they accentuate their strengths. Like, when I look at Envious, their weaknesses is that Pyrian and Seraph are incredibly combustible, and 
what I mean by that is that once they start going, like once they start underperforming and they go down, like they start falling behind in a match, it's impossible to stop that rolling stone from going down the hill. Once they just fall off, they just fall off, and it has to do with their play styles. They are very aggressive players. They really don't like playing like tanky style kind of champions. Uh, Pyrian was playing Galio. Like I again, it's the the team obviously doesn't know how to play with a Galio. Pyrian probably shouldn't be playing Galio. He should be playing more of a mage champion, an Ari, a Syndra, something like that, where it enables him to be a playmaker. It's the same thing with Seraph. Like we don't want to see Seraph on Maokai. We do want to see him on a Rumble, on a Jarvan, on a Renekton, on things like that. Um, and just this week, I just I think the teams got the better of him. I think that Acadian and the Echo Fox series had a really good series, and I think just TSM played better. Um, am I worried about them like not making the playoffs? No, because in the middle of the table, anything can happen, and I think any of these teams can beat you know any one of the other middle tier teams. Um, you know, we could see Dignitas, Echo Fox, Envious. And FlyQuest, although I'm less sure about FlyQuest, but we could see them all go one and one against each other. At the end of the year, we're working on these weird, you know, tiebreakers and which one took an extra game off of Cloud9 or an extra game off of Immortals or whoever. Um, so I'm not that worried, but this has been the first week that they have looked disappointing. I mean, I think that's fair. I, I think the idea that Envious is going to become this top tier team uh, just because they got. One player who is, you know, maybe in the top half uh, at his position on, on a good day. Uh, I, I think that was never going to last. I think that Lyra is still absolutely incredible to watch, and everything we're seeing from him shows that he. This is not a guy who is an aberration. I think if he uh, is able to keep this up, and we see uh, uh, Envious become a, uh, you know, an actual playoff team, he's going to be in the MVP conversation. I think undoubtedly. Um, I think some of the numbers that you'd see from him don't accurately represent the impact that he has on this team. I mean, Envious has the second best early game rating in the league right now. And that's something that I don't think any of us would have thought um, after what we saw from last split. I I think that this is unfortunately a very tough matchup because CLG have clear strengths and clear a clear understanding of how to use those strengths, whereas Envious, I, I think, will have to try to hide weaknesses that Envious feels like a less polished version of the CLG team. They have that hmm. super aggressive team jungler, and I think Lyra is more consistent than, than Dardoch, but like they have Seraph, who I think is the equivalent of Hui, where he can pop off on his kinds of champions, and when he gets going, he really gets going. Pyrian does feel more like Darshan, where there is an inconsistency thing, but his con like when he is playing well, it's a very solid... You know, you're looking at, like, a 3-1-8 scoreline from him. You're not looking at, like, 25-0. and 0. Um, And then I think the bot lanes are very similar, and they can be very aggressive in lane. They can be very aggressive roaming around the map. Um, they make plays, and they rely on the support primarily to do that. But the AD carry is not afraid to get up in somebody's business and deal some damage. Something that, uh, you know, your friend Alltech knows nothing about. He did play this week. I just wanted to make an Alltech joke. That's fine. You're not wrong. Um, you're not so, wrong. So, like, it just... It, it just feels like Envious is a slightly worse version of CLG than me. Is that they could, if you put like Zixlaw on this team, I think he would have the same exact program, the same exact philosophy with this Envious team that he does for CLG currently. So it's definitely an interesting matchup to watch. Yeah, I think that's that's totally fair. Uh, where do you think the line ends up being then? I have CLG at minus 400. Oh, uh, wow, you went way too high. 
Okay, I got this one. I said CLG minus uh, 225. It is CLG minus 256, which I think is very fair. Envious, like, they had one bad week, but this is still a team that has, has been good team so far this season. I think they'll be competitive. I, I like this to go to three maps, okay. which three maps is uh, plus 110. What was the I, underdog line? Uh, that would be uh, Envious plus 190. Okay. Yeah, I like three maps. Too. I mean, it's CLG, so like, yeah, of course I like three maps. Yeah, I, I like this three map value more than I like the uh, Immortal CLG three map yes. value. I think both go to three maps, but um, this one I, we get positive odds and yeah. it, it gives us a chance. Like, you know, all Lyra has to do is have one game where he stifles Dardock and really, you know, chokes CLG out of resources. I think that's gonna happen. Um, Cloud Nine versus Team Liquid. Let's let's go through this one pretty quick. Uh, anything about Team Liquid worth talking about from last week? Got it. Uh, any particular uh, reason we shouldn't just expect Cloud9 to walk all over this team this week? Awesome. Where do you think the line is? Uh, Cloud9 at minus 750. Uh, you went way too high. Oh, buddy. I uh, I said Cloud9 at minus 400. It's Cloud9 minus 435. That's Team Liquid at plus 290. And I think that I wouldn't take that underdog line uh, for anything. I'm gonna. I'm looking to see now what the 2-0 is because I think that's absolutely in play. And there's something we said like Cloud9 has had some um, consistency issues, and I, I want to talk about those a little bit more in detail later. But if ever you were going to expect a bounce back series, I think this would be a, a great example of uh, of when that should work out. Uh, they are, it's it's a minus line for the 2-0, but it is minus 111 for the 2-0 for Cloud9. That's not bad. Just, yeah, that's not that, bad. That, that, like, there's value there. There's definitely yeah. value there against the team that shall not be named. Yeah, I'm, we haven't seen a lot of... Uh... And their owner, James Dolan. <laughs> yes, and their owner, James Dolan, indeed. Uh, Immortals versus Dignitas. We, again, we've talked about Immortals. I'm excited for this series. I think this is going to be a very close series because I like what I'm seeing from Dignitas, too. I, I think that we're, we're seeing them kind of come into their own. We saw two victories this week where they had to fight for it. Uh, they had to grind it out, but they I, were but able to come away with the That's victories. what I want from Dignitas. I don't want to see clean 2-0s. I want to see them fighting and learning how to play as a team because if Dignitas were just going through and they're 2 0 everybody... I don't think we'd be seeing growth. I think there would be stagnation and eventually teams would catch up to them. This is like with FlyQuest last, uh, in the spring. It seemed like they were just kind of rolling over people and there was no growth on that team. Um, you are actively seeing Keen and Lod grow from week one of spring until now. You're seeing Shrimp, who has sort of kind of reappeared out of nowhere, is now getting, you know... 50-50 playing time with Chaser. He's adding that aggressive element that I think teams are realizing they need in the current meta. They need to have pushing lanes, and they need to have a jungler that's willing to go out there and make plays. And Chaser is fine. He's an excellent team-fighting jungler. He's excellent at securing vision, but he's not someone that really likes to play make plays 
in the early game. He's not someone that actively is going to try and do, you know, a weird level two gank in the top side or anything like that. And Shrimp is. Shrimp, I think if Shrimp could figure out a way to take like one one of the razor backs, one of the razor beaks, and then go gank a lane, he would do it. Like if he was like, if I could figure out a way to get a kill at a minute 30, I'm going to do it. Um, which I think adds a nice little bit of nuance to this team. Of course, they always have, we can go back to Someday and let Someday play Camille before Camille is buffed and just let him run all over people and play split push game. We can have games where we're relying on Keen to be this control mage player. Like, we haven't seen a weird Keen counter pick. It's true. Like, we haven't even seen it. Since, like, in the spring, we didn't see Keen come out with something really strange and really bizarre and really weird. Like, He's playing standard. He's playing milk toast. Like he's pulling out Victor, which is kind of weird, but it's it works for him. Like he's smart. We're seeing him be aggressive and chasing down these kills and not shy away from fights and, and not being afraid and not being this guy that everyone dubbed the anti-carry. He is legitimately turned into a carry option for this team. And we've seen Lod just it's this steady progression of, okay, now we don't need you to be just the we're pushing towers guy now we do need you to take on some of these other roles we need you sometimes to be a utility guy we need you sometimes to be the assassin sneaky pick guy with twitch like i'm really liking that this team trusts their players trusts in their system and is just pushing themselves and as much as we joked about big i didn't want them to go back to a special i thought big has been playing fine he's not been a top two support in north america but he doesn't no. have to be. He just has to be the guy that facilitates what his four teammates are able to accomplish. And I think they do that very, very well. I do think they have some team fighting and macro issues. Uh, I do think they have this sort of period in the mid game where they can be confused sometimes. They, If they lose a team fight and lose an objective, sometimes it does take them 10 to 15 minutes to sort of recover. And against a team like Echo Fox, who is very weak in their late game decision making, you have that time. But against someone like a TSM or a CLG or a Cloud9, you're not. They're going to immediately, you know, close the trap on the game. And once that 15 minutes where you feel like you started to recover hits, they're going to hit you with a Baron, they're going to kill three of your members, and they're going to end the game. So I just want to see a more constant progression from Dignitas because that, out of any team in the LCS in North America since the beginning of the year, since the beginning of spring, this has been the team that has grown the most. Yes. I think that's fair. And I think it's been it's been great to see that. I, I will counter. I, I'm not sure I, I agree necessarily with your idea of of shrimp necessarily being as strong in the early game as as you were kind of insinuating. Uh, the he right now is average. He has a 30% first blood rate. Okay. So he's not someone that's necessarily dictating the pace of the game. Let let let's let's look at two stats that I think make Dignitas just an endlessly fascinating team to me. Uh, first, where do you think? Uh, Dignitas's uh, stands in the gold differential at 15 minutes. Please ignore the fact that my microphone, my gold, headset became a gold, gold, gold differential at 15 minutes. Where do you think they rank? One through ten. Where are they as a team? Three. Ten. They have the worst early game of all teams in North America. So let, well, let's come then. up with another idea. This is and this is the theory that I I find interesting and what i think I, I attribute a lot of their success to where do you think they stand scale of one to ten on jungle control given that they've had two different junglers including shrimp who's relatively inexperienced second first 
53.7%. Listen, man, um I I think they're I think Strip might be really good at League of Legends. Like just straight up, uh, he has like an eighty percent kill participation right now. And I'm looking up, yeah, eighty point five percent kill what participation. Is this like? Oh well, it's not the the early game. Like you're totally That's, wrong the, on the that. The early like, game isn't good. Okay, the early so, game, the first fifteen minutes is a great. Their okay. mid game is exceptional right Fair now. Enough. That's where I'm seeing it. That fifteen to twenty five minute mark. That's when I'm seeing Digitas take over. It's very possible. I'm just not paying attention to the time on the screen. I'm just like, oh man, Shrimp looks really good. This still feels like early in the game. There's still outer turrets up, and it's like yeah. thirty five minutes in the game. Like, Look, we we have uh, we watch on double speed, so that biases how long the early game feels like to us. That might be true. the problem. But honestly, like. I, I think their mid game is, is really where we're seeing them spike, and I'm loving seeing what we what we're getting from them in that regard. I, I do think that uh, Shrimp in particular just looks so much cleaner than we were expecting at this point in the season, and that's going to give Dignitas a much higher ceiling, I think, than than we thought they were going. To, to be have. fair, Shrimp is not as like inexperienced as people think either. Like he has played in the North American Challenge Challenger yep. Series for you know a couple splits. He's been around. He had a full and split on Apex, to be and... fair. Like, he's not even a, like, it's not even like he's an LCS rookie. Like, he literally had a full split yeah. on yeah. on Apex. It's just that that Apex team wasn't very good, so I think it was easy to kind of put him to the back of our minds. He's, he's Moon this year. He's this, he is, he's this split's Moon. I agree. There you go. I, I like that. I like that comparison a lot. I think that's a great way to put it. Uh, where do you think the line is on this series, Walter? I have Immortals at minus 160. You and I are tied on that, then, because I also had it on Immortals at minus yeah, 160. Are. It is Immortals at minus 125. Like, that is, I think, it's a lot of respect to Dignitas. And honestly, I, I'm glad to see it. I think Dignitas is a good team. I know that they're having these maps where things are kind of turning against them. Um, You know, they're not necessarily, you know, coming away and just dominating people, you know. and But I think that... They're scrappy. I think they know how to fight. I know. I think they know how to keep themselves relevant. Um, so Dig is at minus 105? So minus 105 for Dignitas, absolutely. Three and maps. if you think this is going to go to three maps, that's also minus 105. Interesting. Yeah. I, I mean, I think this is... So basically, they're saying that CLG is as ahead of Immortals as Immortals is ahead of, of Dignitas. I think that's fair. So, I th yeah, I think that's totally reasonable. I think that's a great way to split up the top three teams in North America right now uh, until TSM inevitably finds their way back up to the top because this is North America and we just know how this whole story goes. And speaking of the devil, uh... on TSM versus Echo Fox are going to start the day. I, I, we've talked about both of these teams now. Um, I, maybe a little bit more into to Echo Fox here. I, I'd like to hear your thoughts on where this iteration of Echo Fox stands. You said that you're expecting them to fall out. Why, why do you think that's going to be the case? They don't know how to close. Yeah. They just don't know how to make that play to end a game. They should have won game one against Dignitas. Like, it's not as egregious as Fnatic versus, uh, versus Rockat, but, like, they still should have won game one against Dignitas. Dignitas should not have been able to come back into that game. And that's just they fundamentally don't know how to close things out. They play really well in the early game. They're, they're I don't know, Chase, Stepmaster, tell me if I'm crazy here, but they feel like a pretty solid early game team. They do uh, feel like in the mid game, Froggen has the ability to take over, but then 15 minutes later, it feels like he's still trying to take over. He's like, well, I need another kill. I need to get this other kill so we can finally push our second objective in this 15 minutes. And then he gets caught, he dies. And then it starts to slowly roll back the other way. I just, 
I don't know. Tell me, am I right about them being a good early game team or not? Yeah, I, I think you, you nailed it on the head. Uh, here are some numbers that I think really tell the story about uh, Echo Fox. Uh, gold differential of 15 minutes, they're first in the league with 1,146. Uh, so they are by they they are the first the best team in the early game of anyone in North America, and I think it's it's by a significant margin. Uh, they also have the best first blood rate in North America, seventy one percent. Their first three towers is at fifty seven percent. That has them tied for third. Um, so a lot of those early advantages going their way. They also have the seventy one percent first Baron rate, which is the highest in the league. I thought that was interesting uh, for a team that you know you think about Baron like oh yeah that's the tool that closes games right. Well it should be. Um, but this is the other side of the Echo Fox coin, and I think why, uh, for people like you and me, they're so infuriating. Uh, their average game time is 39.1 minutes. That is the second longest in North America. So they have this amazing early game, and yet their games are lasting longer than most teams in the league. That is telling me they don't know how to close. Uh, the eye test and the stats test are lining up exactly. Perfect. And I think that as teams are going to get better and teams get a better handle on some of the roster changes that they've made or, or teams kind of settle out some of the strategies is these, you know, patches and these changes are, are less drastic. You know, we have more experience with these new items and everything else. Um, I, I think they're going to be in trouble. Um, I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope that they figure it out and that they can kind of go to the drawing board to figure out why it is that they're having such a hard problem closing games. But to me, it just seems like a lack of macro understanding, um, which for a team that has Froggen as a captain, I'm, I'm kind of surprised that that's the case. But hopefully they figure it out. I, I don't know if Only TSM one of is... them has been bathed in the fires that was season two, Chase. That's, that's true. He's um, got a couple of youngsters on that roster. That, that's very fair. And I, I think that TSM is not necessarily a team that is the best team to try to figure out your macro problems against. Probably not. Where do you think the line should be? Uh, what do you think the line is, I should say? I have TSM at minus 350. Okay, I get this one. You went too high. I said TSM minus 300. I went too high. TSM minus 222 is the line today. And I'm not... What's, what's, the, what's the underdog odd for, for Echo Fox? For Echo Fox? Uh, that would be plus 165. And what's the TSM 2-0? The TSM 2.0 is plus 145. Yeah. Yep. I'm gonna, Do you I'm see gonna, it's a value there? I'm going to circle that one right there. That's that's I, a big old circle. I think there's value there. I I know, circle. like, you know, we still have to have, like, week four from last split stuck in our heads. Of like, oh, yeah, we thought Echo Fox should be able to take this, you know, like, TSM should be able to take these guys out easy. Suddenly... Echo Fox went Yeah, but this this doesn't feel like the TSM gets 2-0'd by a team. Like, this feels like no. TSM 2-0's them, and then next week is when TSM is, in, you know, inevitably going to get 2-0'd by some random team. I don't even know who they play next week. Yeah, they're uh, still uh, they're yeah. still clearly on, on the rise. They haven't gotten to that peak level of, yeah. of performance where they're going to start overlooking people. Um, I, I agree with you. I think that although, although Echo Fox could 2-0 them this week because next week they play against Cloud9 and Immortals. <laughs> Wow. So this could be the Echo Fox 2-0's them. TSM gets pissed off and goes 4-0 next week. It's in play. Everything's I, in play, man. Man, I, I I think I'd rather lean on, on the TSM 2-0. But we've got three more games. Yeah. Let's see if there's something we feel more confident on. Uh, Liquid versus Phoenix 1. I don't think we have anything we want to say on this series. Uh, where do you think the line should be? Phoenix 1, minus 135. God damn, you did get this one. See, I... I'm upset by this. I, I had Team Liquid minus 170. Phoenix 1 hasn't won a series. 
They haven't won a series. If you're looking at algorithms, what number would possibly justify Phoenix One being the favorite? And yet they are. They're the favorite at minus 149. Which puts Team Liquid at plus 115. That makes no sense to me. Not even like, oh, well, you know, I guess if you look at how the numbers have to break down. Phoenix One hasn't won a series. Phoenix One hasn't won a series. Ah, but Chase, God the problem with series. algorithms is that they take into account spring. And the team that I shall not name has been garbage all through spring, where Phoenix One was actually top three in North America in spring. <sighs> Gotta account for the long-term algorithm, my friend. You, I hate, you it. Made I a, hate you everything made a, about you that made one. A, You made a very silly guest alliance mistake here, and that is why I am your guest alliance world heavyweight champion, and Chase I is not. Friendly reminder, I'm still beating you this week, even with that defeat. You're up one point with two to go. Yeah, for one point with two to go. So let's see if you can uh, if you can close the gap. Uh, Cloud Nine versus Dignitas. Let's talk about Cloud Nine a little bit, just real quick. Any, we always have this conversation where you're like, "There's nothing different about this team. They're the same team that they always are." And you know, there are really only a couple of things. Like Smoothie basically is the one place where we could see a ceiling come in. Do we? Do we have to start getting worried about the fact that this is a three and three team? Like, do we have to start wondering, like, you know, that whether they're still going to be a top two contender the way that they were last split? Is there fatigue here? Sorry, Cloud9 fans. It's finally happening. You, fi you finally hit your ceiling. And uh, I think it's just they don't know how to integrate Ray. I think they're... That's a problem, playing, yeah. play, Like, I think Ray and Impact is just... They're struggling with these multiple identities of how they want to be a team. Um, I just think Ray is not as good as everyone hoped he would be. I, I'm really sad because I thought he was going to be like a really, really solid player. But I'm feeling a lot of Seraph syndrome on him. He's He's got a lot of like, if he doesn't go off, he plays really poorly because he doesn't have great positioning. He doesn't have great teleport plays. But like when he is ahead and he can make plays and he can influence the game, like yeah, he's a good player, but... We've seen a player like this before, and he's overplaying on Envious right now. So I just, I think we're finally hitting it. I think we're finally hitting the point where everyone can look at it. If you look at Jetson, he's like at the, he's the top of statistics on everything. But at the end of the day, he's still not Bjergsen. He's always going to have that on him. Maybe he's a change of scenery guy. Maybe he needs to just go back to Europe and play on a European team, where I think he would probably be the best mid laner in Europe by mm -hmm. far. Um, but there are like, a lot of great EU mid laners, man. I I I think that is a that is an inflammatory statement. If I've ever I've heard one, that's fine. European fans, you know where to at me. It's right yeah. here. We're about to have this tournament. I don't know if you know what it's called. Rift Rivals. Yeah. Uh, you might not like how that works out. Um, if, if that's where you're you're seeing Jensen lie. That's, okay. um, but, that's fair. But but like but like I said, like yeah, smoothie is the one thing where like every time I watch him play, I'm like, all right, this guy's got some like. This guy's got some room to grow. He's got he's got like some room to grow. He can still become an even better support. Problem is, I don't see it on Sneaky. I don't see it on Jensen. I don't see it on Impact. I don't see Ray turning into the guy that we thought it was. And that just leaves contracts. And contracts really isn't even improving. He's hit this sort of sophomore slumpy where, you know, I'm I'm not seeing him take that next step and, and continue to match pace with other really good 
uh, young North American junglers, the Dardox, the the Moons, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Acadian. Okay. Like, again, every time I watch Acadian and then watch Contracts play, I get so angry that Contracts won Rookie of the Split and Acadian didn't. It actually is infuriating to me that Acadian didn't win it because it is clear that he is the better jungler out of the two. And you could say, oh, you just hate Cloud9. No, it's just look at the stats. Look at the play. Look at the eye test. Look at everything. Acadian is the better jungler. He's just playing on a worse team. I, I think that's fair. I, I want to touch on, on something you said about uh, uh, the top lane and then how Ray is is struggling in this team. So so let me let me read off uh, player A and player B. Um, and this is probably going to give away uh, at least one of the players is by that introduction. But still, player A. Uh, 2.4 KDA, 58.8% kill participation, uh, negative 153 gold differential at 10 minutes, uh, 8.2 CS per minute, uh, about 355 damage per minute, about 20% of his team's damage, 254.9 earned gold per minute. Player B, uh, 2.4 KDA, 59.3% uh, kill participation, negative 88 Gold, dif uh, gold differential of 15 minutes, 8.8 uh, .8 CS per minute, uh, 408 damage per minute, 254.3 earned gold per minute. Now, neither of those top laners sound like great top laners, right? One of them is Ray, one of them is Impact, isn't it? No. Oh. One of them is Ray and one of them is Sarah. <laughs> the same player. You, you nailed it. The I, I test. I'm the scout out here that's watching this guy and be like, yeah, you know, he, you know, he reminds me of this guy. And then there's some statistician nerd up here <laughs> named Chase Wassenaar who's like, holy, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. Um, for the record, which one do you think was player A and which one is player B? Because uh, player B was slightly better than player A. What was player A's deep, uh, damage per minute? Player A's damage per minute was 355. What was player B's? Was 408. Ray is player B. Nope, Ray's player A. He's not dealing a whole bunch of damage, and he's losing lane. What? What is this? What is the point of having? Like, what? What is he doing? What? What have they done to this player? I I don't understand. Like, this is a guy that you and I saw so much potential in, and right now, he doesn't deal damage. He doesn't win his lane. He's not, you know, kill. You know, he's not. His KDA is not particularly great. His deaths per game is not something that you want to be seeing. His kill participation numbers are very low. What what happened? I, Reaper, buddy, you're you're supposed to be the Korean whisperer. You're supposed to be this genius strategist. You're the guy that I always defend as one of the best coaches in North America. How did you guys screw this up? There was so much potential it's in this guy. It's almost like Cloud9 isn't actually that great at growing talent, and all of that was a smokescreen and a bunch of BS. Yeah, I you know weird. Yeah, I I really just I, I I don't understand and I, I wanna understand because unlike you, I'm not as harsh on Cloud9. I think Cloud9 is a good org. I think Cloud9 is, is a good team. I just to to me, uh this is a team that needs to innovate. They need to change a little bit from what they're doing because people have figured them out. They know what a Cloud9 strategy looks like, they know what a macro game looks like, they know what, what Cloud9 is gonna try to do. Um Ray has not proven to be a, a valuable change up pitch. Uh, that you would want to their arsenal. And so you've, they've got to figure something out, um, whether that's, you know, ditching Ray, which, by the way, can we just all remember, right, that uh, Ray is 
you know, in the, the Korean change, right, is one of the biggest reasons why Rush is no longer, you know, in North America and on that Cloud9 team. I, I feel like I'd rather have Rush battling against contracts for some aggressive value. Ray is not the reason that Rush is not. You can only, you, Rush was going to be, like, you can only have two Koreans. No, no, you can only have two they, foreign imports, and Cloud9 had imports, Impact and Jensen. But we both know that Impact's not playing in 2018. I know that Cloud, there are some Cloud9 fans that don't know this yet, but I, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you guys right now, I, I am pretty confident Impact is not playing in 2018. Seems like a last ride. Everything we're hearing, everything that we're seeing, this yes, feels like a last ride. Yes, you can make that bet on our brand new fake casino, chaseandwaltermakedumbpropbets.com. <laughs> if someone actually owns that website, they're going to get like 60 views. But yeah, chaseandwalterdumbpropbets.com. You can bet on whether or not Impact will be playing for Cloud9 in 2018. The, the roughest uh, prop bets, I think, would have been the one I went with. Um, really rough. Like, we really didn't think through this line at all, but, you know, maybe there's value there. I don't know. I mean, you guys, tell us in the comments where you think the odds on that should be. Impact playing starting on day one for Cloud9 in 2018. Let us know what you think the odds on that are. Uh, where do you think this line's going to be, Walter? Well... We have a series here. We went on a digression, but there's an actual well, series that happens here. Uh, I'm probably screwed because Dignitas is looking a little more... Well, uh, on Dignitas, and I thought I said Cloud Nine minus one fifty. I get this one, and with it the week. Yep. Which improves me to six and three on the overall season. I love it. I'm 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 in on this. Uh, I said uh, Cloud Nine minus one forty five. It's Cloud Nine minus one thirty. So it's not. It's still Cloud Nine is the favorite, which they you know I I think despite the fact that Dignitas has won as many series as they have, I think Cloud Nine should be. They get. The points for being this experienced team and, and knowing what is, you know, being a solid veteran team. And we know that they have very talented players, which for the record, um, I, I just want to go out and say that Jensen is playing out of his mind. And while I, I don't think he'd be the best player in, in Europe, I think that he is right now the best mid laner in North America. Chase, he was playing out of his mind last split. And statistically, he was ahead of Bjergsen in almost everything except actually winning except beating Bjergsen. And at some point, you can have the best stats out of all the mid laners, but if you can't beat Bjergsen, you're not the best north you're best, not the best mid laner in North America. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is Bjergsen's yard. He's the big dog, and if you can't beat him, you don't get to have the number 1 belt. I'm so, sorry. So what you're saying is every time that Jensen, you know, is about to celebrate after a big game, we should expect Bjergsen to turn the corner and go, "I'm not finished with you." Let's make that a thing. No, because Bjergsen's Roman Reigns in that scenario, but Jensen's like Jensen's not. Jensen's yeah. someone else. Yeah. Jensen, someone else. Jensen is even broad. Like, broad would be Keen. <laughs> Keen's the one who's like, plays that. I'm not finished with you. Ergot mid lane. Like, Keen's Keen's broad Strowman in that analogy. That's fair. This is this shows I I, I still have work to do on my wrestling it's knowledge true. here. Oh, what is what what uh, is Dignitas? Dignitas is even. Even odds. So plus one hundred. Don't hate that. What's uh what's three maps by any chance? Three maps. That's a great question. You would think that during all of this time, I would have loaded the webpage 
so that we could see what three maps is. You were so focused on making Birix and Braun Strowman, which just was wrong. That's, I was wrong. It happens. I've been right on these picks, though, which is really, I think, the ultimate uh, victory. Minus 105 for three maps. Minus 105? Okay. I mean, that's that's fine. That's fine. It works yeah. for me. I mean, you know, Chase, you, you have a lead for now, but there's still a lot of time left, and, you know, anything can happen. I could just go on a crazy run at any point. You don't know. I could pull a rock at. It's, You're, it's in totally play. reasonable. I, you know, we'll we'll see about that. But we're going to move on. Last line of the week. FlyQuest versus Envious. I don't think we have a lot to add here. Um, what do you want to see from Envious here? If we want to believe that they could fight their way up the mid card, um, where, where where do we need to see from them? Seraph is better than Balls? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> just win. That's all I care about. They just need to win. Just beat, just, just beat FlyQuest. FlyQuest sucks. FlyQuest is a, a bad team. FlyQuest is not a good team. FlyQuest is a bad team. And Moon is going to be a really good jungler for someone next year. Uh, probably FlyQuest, but I just hope that, you know, at least two of these players aren't on this team. No. Can I put a conspiracy hat on here? Are we sure that FlyQuest is going to be a 2018 franchise? <laughs> Are we uh, sure? Yes, because Wesley Edens is a co-owner of the Milwaukee oh, Bucks. No, let me be clear. I know they have the money for it. That's uh, not what I'm asking. Yes, because Wesley Eden is a co-owner of the Milwaukee okay. Bucks, and Riot loves NBA teams. I I have not seen, usually with you know, the kind of owners that we're looking at getting those spots, they they have more than just one game that they're interested in. We see a divest, I mean, we see a range of interests, and really You, you do forget that at band. one point, Riot Games tried to tell their players they couldn't stream other games, right? I, There's I, been moments where Mark Merrill has come out and, like, pissed and moaned that people were taking their LCS money and winnings and spending it on other teams, and that was why they weren't making money. Okay. Like, I, really? I, I, see, I see where you're coming from. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually coming at it from the other angle. Are we sure that FlyQuest is going to apply for a 2018 franchise slot? That's yes, what I'm asking. Because Wesley Edens is a co-owner of the Milwaukee okay. Bucks. Okay, fine. Then that's, that's fine. <laughs> and the just, NBA, they just elected just, an NBA player council represent, like former NBA players association council, like counselor to be the players association head. Like the I NBA just, and Riot are like this really, really, really creepy incestuous I mean, relationship at this point. Look, and for the record, I, I have nothing against that. I, you know, I just... When I think about it, like I'm looking at, like what are the signs that show that FlyQuest is an organization that is dedicated to long-term, you know, long-term place in the esports world? We're not seeing any real content coming from their content team. They, they have a they have a show. Do they, they have, have a, show? a weekly show? Actually, they do. Yep. Yep. Oh, so I'm just a jerk then. Uh, no, because I didn't know they had a, uh, a weekly or bi-weekly or whatever, any kind of show until like two days ago when I just <laughs> randomly saw it scroll across my Twitter feed. I was like, oh. That's a YouTube video with Think Card and Balls, and it's about FlyQuest? Okay. Oh. You know what? Shout out to you, FlyQuest. Let I'm me put it I'm... this way. There is more of a chance that Wesley Edens will be the owner of a franchise in the LCS in 20, 2018 than Reggie or Hotshot GG as an owner. Oof. I think there's more of a chance. You know, I... We, we we can get into that on our uh, mysterious backdoor dealings that will inevitably become with franchising podcast, which will be at a later point in time. Uh, but where do you think the line on this series is going to be? Envious of minus 135. Just throw it away. Uh, I Yeah, I got this one. You're a little bit too far off. Uh, I said uh, Envious minus 190. Uh, it's Envious minus 167. 
That puts FlyQuest to plus 125. Uh, three maps is... Uh, it's at the bottom of the page. It's even. Even odds for three maps. I don't think this is going to three maps. I think Envious is going to win the series. I probably wouldn't touch that series. That's fair. What do you think our smart money bet should be? I, I know that you well, are eyeing... TSM 2-0 over Echo Fox. Because that means Echo Fox is going to 2-0 them this week. We're going to have the traditional yearly, uh, or splitly, Walter Fetchuk talks to TSM and goes, come on, guys, let's figure this out. And then next week, they're going to 2-0 both Cloud9 and Immortals. And I would be a happy TSM fan once again. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to do TSM 2-0 over Echo Fox at plus 145. Okay. Well, we need two more. Um, I think Cloud9 2-0-ing the team that shall not be named at minus 111. I like those I odds. Think that's that's I think a great uh, a great bet there. Uh, can we should we get something uh, that we know is going to come through then? Uh, CLG and Envious to go to three get three maps or Immortals to go. Yeah, to CLG three? versus Envious for three maps is where I want to go. Because okay. that's plus odds, uh, and I think all three of those are going to come through. If I was to give my uh, Chase Wasserman seal of approval, I'd say three maps for yeah, Immortal CLG, uh, three maps for Envious CLG. And three maps for uh, for Cloud9, uh, or, or sorry, Immortals and Dignitas. I think Immortals and CLG, it's going to be two, three map series for them. And if you bet all three of those, you're almost certainly going to come away with uh, with money at the end of the I'd, day. I'd even I'd even say like Cloud9 versus Dignitas is a three map series. Do we want to? I mean, we can throw as many. We don't have to have a limit on smart money bets if we want to do this. No, because I we don't want to. I don't want to like flood it and like none of those happen, and then we're back in the black, <laughs> back in the red. <laughs> That's fair. Do we want one more? We can go to four. I'm willing to go to four uh, if you're No, because I, I think that they're all equal. Like, I agree with Unicorn and putting them at all three of them at minus 105. Like, just pick one. I'm going to gamble all three of them personally. But, like, okay. everyone just, like, pick whichever one you want to watch the most. There you yeah. go. I want to watch all of them because I love watching this Immortals team. And hopefully you loved watching this podcast. If you did... You should follow us on, on social media and follow the podcast on social media at Rough Drafts Pod. You'll hear you'll see things when it comes out before everybody else. Of course, you could also hit that subscribe button on YouTube or the subscribe button on SoundCloud or the subscribe button on iTunes or whatever other uh, app you use for your podcast. They're all there, uh, and we appreciate it. Um, obviously, we've got a lot of content we love giving out to you guys, um, and that's the easiest way to get it. Uh, you can also find me at Redshirt King if you want to talk to me about anything you saw or heard today. Uh, Walter, where can the nice people at home find you? Uh, you guys can find me at CADs underscore LOL. And you can also find us on the Rough Drafts Discord channel. If you go down oh, yeah. into the description, either on the video or for the uh, for the SoundCloud, iTunes, wherever else you get your podcast, you can find a link right there. That'll take you right to our Discord channel. We're always in there. I have the app on my phone, so when I'm at work, if you at me on there, I'll you know respond to it. I'll take a look at it. Um, there's a lot of memeing that goes on. It's a bunch of really cool people in there. And uh, when we do VOD reviews, you know, say, hey, anybody going to be around? It's usually at like 2 o'clock in the morning, Eastern Co East Coast time. But, you know, if anybody wants to hang out and watch VODs with us, we'll do it. It's just a, it's just a barrel full of monkeys. So yeah. go ahead and click on that. Go ahead and join us in there if you guys are a fan of the show. Uh, you know, we look forward to talking to you guys a little bit more. Yeah, if you if you like watching games with with people that uh, at least theoretically know what we're talking about, um, we do love doing the VOD reviews, and I think people have really enjoyed it. Until uh, next time, week five, we will be ready to preview next week. Wednesday for Europe, Thursday for North America. Hopefully, with all of the lines when we record both of those episodes. Fingers crossed. We want to believe. Uh, but until then. 
fine, right? You can follow the Rough Drafts podcast on all your favorite social media sites. Twitter, at Rough Drafts Pod. Facebook.com, backslash Rough Drafts Pod. SoundCloud.com, backslash Esports Rough Drafts. YouTube.com, backslash Rough Drafts Podcast. As well as on iTunes by searching for the Rough Drafts Podcast. The Rough Drafts Podcast is supported by our lovely Patreons at Patreon.com, backslash Rough Drafts Pod. and by viewers like you. Thanks for listening, and goodbye, Internet.